our weekly Scottish podcast. I'm Paul and I'm joined today with Kieran. Hello everyone, how are you doing? So just now we're watching the Rangers game in the background, uh, the St Johnston game in the background, first European games. St Johnston currently getting beat 2-1 and Rangers currently winning, surprisingly, only 1-0. What do you think of that, Kieran? Uh, certainly interesting. Um, obviously, it's the first game in Europe, so uh, I mean, as long as they win, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. But you would expect that uh, with the team they've got, they should be easily seen off uh, a team from Luxembourg. This St. Johnson results really disappointing because there are obviously I, I'm sure you said before we started there that uh, St. Johnson has a goal disallowed. But to lose to, I'm sure, St. Johnson at home, aren't they? Um, yep. That's a poor result. That is a a very poor result for, for St. Johnson. Um, listen, the tie's not... missed multiple sitters, apparently. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the tie's not over uh, by any means, but it's uh, going to be a lot more difficult. Um, but just need to wait and see what happens. Um, obviously, Rangers win, it's good. Don't consider a away goal. Uh, goal. So... Uh, it's looking good, um, other than obviously the St Johnson uh, result. Hopefully they can turn that round. Um, I mean, I'm sure they beat Rosenborg, who were uh, Norwegian champions at one point a few years ago. Uh, just need to wait and see if they can they can turn that round. Um, I'm just looking at Sky Sports now. I noticed that Linfield won one 0 last night. I didn't realise that that game was taking place yesterday. Uh, so it's definitely interesting times, but. Listen, it's all about next week. Don't worry about this week with this play uh, Europe um, because they've still got another 90 minutes to play. Uh, and it's always the same with these two-legged games. It's always the next game, the second game, is the, the most important. I'd have, I'd have thought the Rangers would have liked to have increased their lead, uh, especially at home. Uh, however, they're still winning. Um, progress I mean if they if they go through this without conceding then it's obviously a, a great result for Rangers but uh, I heard that uh, the goal was quite dubious yeah so basically what's happened is I can't remember why there was a foul given again I can't remember if it was a handball or not but what's happened was the away team um, have been lining up to kind of going a wall or at least it looked like it obviously like, there's that pause when it's a free kick and everyone kind of just loses concentration um, Crank Jars put the ball down passed it through to Miller and Miller's just slotted it into the back of the net I think even the referee looked a bit um, I'd, like you shouldn't really kick the ball there but the goal stood um, after watching it in slow motion the ball was actually still moving uh, so the goal shouldn't have been allowed um, but what can you do apparently after reviewing the laws of the game um, everything beside the ball moving is technically legal. So, yeah, I, I remember a, a instance of that a couple of years ago. I think it was a uh, Liverpool against Roma or something like that. And they, like, I think Roma get absolutely battered um, across the two legs. Um, I can't remember who it was we playing. I'm sure it was Roma and, and, and Liverpool, but I'm. I might be wrong, and I'm sure the ball was still moving at one of the free kicks, and that's basically the goal that came from that free kick. Um, sort of got the tie kind of in a downward spiral. But listen, there's nothing you can really do about it. Um, I, I obviously we want Rangers to go through, so it's uh, just one of these things, isn't it? I mean, uh, just it, it will just. Uh, 
I'm sure it's just to be a, a learning curve for the players as well, but by all accounts, it was a reasonably strong side. And when I said strong, um, I kind of put that in inverted commas because we don't exactly know what uh, Rangers are at the minute, uh, how how that team's going to mesh together. But I think watching the game just now, it does look like there's potential there now. They definitely look a lot better than last season, um, especially Crankshaw. Um, I think Rangers were missing that. Um, Crankshaw and Miller, obviously the free kick, but throughout the entire game they seem to be linking up very well. Um, I think it was... I can't remember his name now. They've signed that much players, I can't remember their name, but there was one of the new Rangers signings which looked really good. They'd done a diving header. Um, there, there is definitely potential there, although they should be winning more than... One that's that's what I wanted. That's what I kind of wanted to say though. It, it's alright looking good against the fourth best team in Luxembourg, but um, I think even maybe Aberdeen or even St Johnson might have uh, rolled over um, uh, that team. So it, it just obviously it's a rebuilding. Crancher though is a, a proven midfielder. Oh, I've always like I always like Crancher. It's one of these things that you like players and then they end up playing for somebody you don't like. Um, I've always liked Crancher. Um, it was unfortunate that I'll say it was unfortunate. Um, obviously, being a Celtic fan, it, I don't want to see anybody get injured. But if I had to pick somebody out of the Rangers team that I thought might have been the most dangerous at any point in the season, it would have been Crancher. Um, if he can stay fit this season, then he's obviously it's like a new signing for Rangers, isn't it? So it just they just need to manage it, and uh, and all these European games will, will come thick and fast. Obviously, because they'll be playing the next couple of midweeks in a row, because uh, uh, the first round of the second, sorry, the, the first uh, round of ties for the second round is, uh, what is it, two weeks today or something? So well, the... I don't know about a controversy, sorry, for putting in. <laughs> uh, the ball wallops Lee Wallace's arm inside the penalty box. Uh, no penalty, says the referee. Oh, okay. um, well. To be fair, I'd say it was a penalty. Although the referee has deemed it not a penalty, the so visitors. Is that, is that two mistakes, maybe? Yeah, uh, potentially at least two <laughs> game-changing mistakes. Um, listen, uh, it's alright saying that, but we we don't I don't know the particular the particulars of it, and um, maybe the referees just not had a great night, and it's just one of these things. Uh, got to remember, Rangers are the home team, and. <sighs> I know it's alright me saying this because I'm a Celtic fan and we get a fair share of, uh, shall we say, controversial decisions given and given and against us. But um, it's just uh, one of, one of those things. Um, but oh well. Uh, just uh, hopefully they can do the business next week. I would I'd like to see them. Uh, getting through and then maybe testing themselves against a decent team. Um, I'm just going to have a quick wee look into it, but I'm sure that uh, they, they, they can. And I know I've mentioned it a, a couple of times, um, but there is some potential big hitters within their sort of side of the draw, if that makes sense. But just need to wait and see how they get on, see how the team mesh. Um, going by Twitter at the minute, it looks like it's going to be a. Maybe it won't be such good reviews in the uh, old 
papers tomorrow, but uh, following enough, uh, Lincoln Redamps got beat 5-0 tonight uh, off of uh, Larnaca, uh, a team from, of course, from Cyprus, so quite interesting there, uh, show you the sort of changing fortunes. I'm just having a look at this, but the, there's potential, obviously Rangers aren't going to be suited after this round, and some, some of the opponents, I'm just looking at this, they could play Zenit St. Petersburg, uh, AC Milan, Athletic Bilbao, even Everton, uh, Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, PSV, uh, Sport and Braga. So there's some big teams that uh, if Rangers can get that far that they could face and would, wouldn't that be interesting if they got AC Milan in the third round of the Europa League? That would be a, quite a big yeah, tie. Yeah, it would be. Um, I'm just scanning through the forum and uh, several Rangers forums. Uh, and this comment, I'm not sure if we need to cut this out, but this sums up how Rangers have played. Let's be honest, we look shite. A goal from a cheeky as fuck free kick against a team from a country that probably only exists for tax purposes. <laughs> Alright, well... Uh, that, that's taken directly from a fan comment. <laughs> well, if that's what he wants to say, then fair enough. But, um, yeah, uh it's just going to be a bit of time. Um, go and just look at the Rangers Twitter here on our Twitter feed. Uh, their it's take on finished. their take on the uh, Lee Wallace incident was that it hit his back. No, no chance. <laughs> um, but oh well. Anyway, uh, I love the the mainstream uh, media outlet that most people follow for live stream in Scotland. Uh, Celtic fans tend to avoid it. Hasn't reported that handball. Who would that be? Uh, Daily something. Ah, one of them. Anyway, um, so obviously Rangers victory and a St. Johnson defeat. The St. Johnson defeat is quite disappointing. Uh, I think you would agree. Especially yeah, yeah, I, I wanted to see every team in Scotland do well. I, I don't like... Um, any of the four teams playing in Europe this season, uh, but I want to see all four do well. If put it this way, both games tonight, the Rangers game and the St Johnston uh, game, the only clubs whose national sport is football are the two clubs from Scotland. One has just won one nil against a part-time outfit, and the other one has just been defeated. Yeah. Um, I want to see teams from Scotland do a lot better than that. When you call football your national sport, you should be winning against part-time teams, yeah, um, especially the upper echelons of Scottish football. So the Sir Johnson one's really disappointing. Um, really disappointing because Tommy Wright's a fantastic manager. I mean, I don't know what the sort of ins and outs of St Johnson has been um, so far. I don't know who's left and who's still at the club, but even the spine of that team, they have got a decent side up there and they can cause problems. They were one of the sides last season that um, when I was attending Celtic games that I thought they could cause us problems because Tommy Wright's a good tactician um, he's a good manager um, it was actually somebody that I thought um, last season uh, he could have come in and been a Celtic manager at some point uh, I suppose it's just a learning curve but the thing with St Johnson is they've been in this position I don't know how many times and they do tend to do well away from home so Hopefully tonight was just one of those games are just not quite up ready from pre-season and they will turn it around next week but it's going to be difficult for them but you just need to wait and see. Um, I do like Tommy Wright and I, I, do, I do hope that they do well. I, I hope there's still three Scottish teams in the Europa League uh, come 
uh, the next kind of round of games. But yeah, it's disappointing. I don't think anybody could disagree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're totally true. Um, moving on now um, to our checklist. Um, to try and uh, streamline the podcast so we actually know what we're talking about. We've uh, finally agreed on a system of how to actually talk about it. But there will be spontaneous stuff, uh, especially like the likes of talking about the Rangers game. That that was something that maybe didn't uh, wasn't going to come up particularly yeah. well, but I think the it is summer, um, so I think that we should be talking about the ins and outs of Scottish football. Um, yeah, obviously. Well, one of the first points I'd now bring up just before we move on, uh, this is actually a check item. Uh, Derek McInnes said earlier that he wants Aberdeen to reach at least the Europa League group stages. So I, f- I think it's a a fair. I think it's a fair. Um, a fair assessment. I think it's a fair. Uh, it's a good target to have. They should be. T- they should be trying to get to the Europa League every year. It's the same with every team. They should be trying to get to the Europa League uh, group stages every year. Obviously, Celtic are going to be aiming for the Champions League again. Uh, so, Derek McInnes has got his head screwed on. That's what he should be doing. He should be wanting to get through it. Uh, I think you'll agree. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um... Every team, obviously, in Scottish football should be aiming for at least the group stages every season because it brings more money in as well and it helps everyone else out um, if they ever get a chance. Um, just looking to see if I've got any other European checkpoints. I think, I think the thing with Dan is, I think, um, it's not on there, but he said that there won't be any more sort of big players leaving the club. Uh, obviously, I think Kenny McLean was the subject of a 300k bid from Rangers. Um, so much for the end of a successful cycle when they're trying to buy all Aberdeen's best players. Well, I say best players. Um, that's up for the debate with Ryan Jack among Aberdeen fans. But <clears throat> um, I think Aberdeen have set themselves up for a good season. They Obviously, they've lost Johnny Hayes. Um, they've lost Niall McGinn, uh, potentially. Uh, obviously, it looks like he said he was leaving, but the offer is still there. Um, yeah, apparently he's going to South Korea. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the team. I think it's a uh, Grandview FC or something like that. Um, but it'd be interesting if, if if Neil McGinn does go out there, fair play to him because it's, it's a big, um, it's a, it's a big chance to take. Uh, obviously, I think he's still playing for Northern Ireland, so. To go out to South Korea where maybe Michael O'Neill's not going to see him as much, it's a it's a big move. Um, as well, we, uh, we've got it down here. Um, obviously with Halliday going out to uh, is it Garabar or something like that in the in Azerbaijan. Um, it's Azerbaijan or Kazakhstan. It's Azerbaijan, isn't it? Yeah, it's Azerbaijan. Um, it's, for a Scottish player, this this is what we should be doing. Our players should be going abroad. Um, yeah, and the interesting point about Halliday as well is he's one of the, the players that Pedro Coutinho has got on his kind of kill list. Um, and what I think about interesting is Andy Halliday has um, three years left on his contract. And yeah. instead of just sitting about like what quite a lot of the mainstream journalists have been reporting that the Rangers players are going to do, um, he's actually went and found himself alone and he's he's trying to push his way into the squad, if you will, or... Um, 
push himself somewhere where a club will give him the same wages somewhere else. But um, just wondering what you thought about that, rather than um, doing a Bobo Balde and sitting on the bench till your contract runs out. Yeah, um, it's a bold move. Uh, it's certainly a, a bold move because I'm. I don't know about you, uh, but I don't know much about the Azerbaijani league. I'm sure Andy Halliday doesn't know much about the Azerbaijani league. The interesting thing about this is Pedro Cachinha might know a bit about it because obviously he was out in that area of the world uh, when Rangers picked him up from obscurity. Uh, listen, it's a good move. It's a good move for him because if it works out, then he might come back to Rangers next season. Yeah, that's um, the thing as well. Obviously, Halliday's on the, the kill list. Has uh, Cachinha set him up here by saying go play for this club? Is, is he going and playing for the... A Clyde, if you are to put it in his Scottish terms, or is Pedro Coutinho genuinely trying to develop the player? That's probably a question that we would need to investigate further. Uh, I'd like to think. I mean, I've not got much love for Andy Halliday because, as far as I'm aware, he's a died and will Rangers fan, and um, I know I'm sure he scored against Celtic um, in the Scottish Cup semi final, if, if I remember right. It might have been him or. Barry Mackay, um, but Barry Mackay is another interesting one, another player that Pedro Cachinha doesn't seem to like. Uh, but you can't. There's no point in uh, sitting thinking. I mean, Andy Hardy is 25 years old. Do you know what I mean? Now that he's getting, he's, he's getting old. So, but it's it's just the fact that he's um. He's 25 now, and 25, still not maybe broken into the Rangers kind of first team, totally into the first team. Uh, it's probably one of the moves that it could either be the start of his career, if that makes sense, or sort of end his career. But if it works out for him, fair play for taking the chance. Um he always, I mean, another reason I don't like the guys because he, he made a, an absolute horrible challenge on Patrick Roberts um, in, in the old film game in, uh, this season. But it's, it swings and roundabouts. Um, if it works, it works. It doesn't, it doesn't. It, I think this season for Scottish football is setting up. Uh, obviously, with what Derek McInnes is doing, um, he's obviously decided, no, I'm going to stay at Aldine and I'm going to make my f- proper force in Scottish football, make them Scottish football's second club. I know they've finished second for the last number of years, but will they be able to withstand a rejuvenated Rangers side? That's what's going to be interesting next season, um, because I think yeah. a yeah, lot they, of... They need to prove themselves. Uh-huh. And I think Derek McInnes has set himself up for it. He's got the uh, boy in, uh, play for Dundee, I can't remember his name, uh, a minute. He played for Dundee. He scored 32 goals or something um, in two seasons or, or something like that. So that's obviously averaging over 15 goals a season, which which is decent. Um, who, and he's obviously coming as a striker. I think Aberdeen need to improve. Uh, they need to improve sort of all throughout the team. Uh, a good bit of business was keeping Joe Lewis. Um, I think Joe Lewis is a cracking goalkeeper. Um, it's definitely a good bit of business but they've got to bring in a couple more players because they've just not got the squad depth if Derek McInnes is serious about getting in the Europa League there needs to be a wee bit more squad depth in there uh, because they haven't got the, 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 the spine there to play over 50 games a season 
whereas Celtic have obviously got that. They've got strength and depth. That's another thing you could argue with Rangers. Um, if more people come in, I know they're brought in eight or nine already. If more if players go out as well, though, they're going to find themselves in the same position as they were last year with not enough players. Uh, you know, obviously Celtic are just going on, are going along nicely, but it's setting up for a big season in Scottish football. Uh, I definitely think that. The next sort of twelve months are going to be extremely interesting. Yeah, yeah, and it's more than just the Premiership. Um, where it's going to be an exciting season. I was reading an article earlier today, um, and if you look at that Championship table for next season, I think there's five or six teams pushing for top four, uh, seven or eight pushing for top six. You could potentially be seeing a Championship where the league tables decided on a few points. Um, obviously last season there was a big gap between 4th and 5th um, and then obviously 5th and 7th but it doesn't look like it's setting itself up for that season um, every team seems to have made 3 or 4 signings trying to set themselves up They're, they've offloaded some of the Deadwood as well especially Morton uh, I know St Murren are bringing um, a good few heads in as well um, but I think every fan I've spoke to seems to think a team's going to finish fourth next season so it, it's going to be an interesting championship um, to see what goes down um, my predictions are it's probably going to be Inverness will finish first and then it'll be a competition for second between Dundee, St Mirren and Morton um, I think that'll be your top four uh, but then you're forgetting there's Falkirk and Queen of the South in there as well we're shouting um, what are Brecon City going to do when they come up? Um, that that's how challenging the championship's going to be next season. Yeah, I think all throughout the leagues, uh, there's some interesting stuff going on. Um, the championship's an interesting one because there's so many teams in there that that can do well. I think you're looking at that league, and that if I had to promote, uh, I say promote. If I had to uh, decide my top four right now, I think it would be uh, St Mirren. Inverness, Morton and Falkirk. Um, maybe Dundee United. I forgot Dundee United were actually in there. Uh, but I think it'll be those five teams, which is interesting because that's the that's half of the league. So yeah, the that, fact that's, that, the, that's the point I'm saying. Yeah. I think every game is going to be an important game unless yeah. somebody can run away with the league. Obviously, we we uh, we we live in Greenock, so I mean, Morton, we have got a, a slight... Um, Interesting, Martin, more so yourself, but obviously they're they're starting to um, invest more on the club's infrastructure. I mean, it might not seem like a massive thing, but you've been updating me with the um, the new turnstiles uh, that have been uh, installed. Yeah, I mean, I I drove past there tonight, and um, I thought they're looking good. Um, If they get it in place for the start of the season, it'll be brilliant. It's uh, it's just a it's just good to see that these clubs have got a wee bit of money to sort of spend um, to actually spend on themselves and actually like yeah talking about infrastructure as well uh, I don't know if you read it today um, Kilmarnock have announced that they're looking to move to a new training complex for the 2018-19 season so next season after this one obviously um, and they're also consulting with some companies whether they should be constructing their own training complex uh, for the future. 
Um, I thought I read somewhere else as well, someone, is it Dumbarton? They're investing £13 million in a new stadium. Dumbarton? I, 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 I think it was Dumbarton. Dumbarton? I, I don't... Uh, but I'll find out for you, but I'm pretty speaking sure. Speaking of Kilmarnock, um, well, I said Kilmarnock. Yeah, but it is, it's Barton, £13 million on a new stadium, and it's in turmoil because apparently it's going to wreck uh, Robert the Bruce uh, archaeologist service. Ah, I've just I've just seen that story myself. Um, Funnily enough, I, I'll go back to Kilmarnock, obviously we're talking about them. But uh, speaking of the the, the barn, I, I remember I went to um, uh, I went to uh, the barn to do my CBT, which is for motorbikes, and um, it, a part of it included driving around to the Barton Stadium, and I think the fact that you've got that massive like castle and rock and that behind it, it's quite intimidating. Uh, what I would have done if I was in Barton is that I would have knocked that one down. I've got or. Yeah, built on it. Do you know what I mean? Build on it and it make a wee bit of a, a, a stadium. This is just going back to the point. The Scottish Premiership's too big. Eh, uh, sorry, it's too too small. Um, and the Della leagues. I, I don't I don't see why we need to have three lower leagues. We just don't. There is no need for it because we, what we can have is we can have a sixteen to eighteen top league. Which would which means you would get all the kind of bigger teams in there, and you could have two leagues done, which would be what I think. So that's twenty four teams, so two twelve team leagues below that, um, and they're obviously fighting to come up. But I don't. See, it's, uh, I think my idea of future Scottish structures is a bit different. What I imagined was two, say, 16, 18, 20 team leagues at the top. There, your professional leagues, call it them um, League One, League Two, but if you want to call it. Scottish A, Scottish B, whatever. Then the pyramid underneath would just stay the exact same. So what you would have is you'd have your playoff from the South of Scotland League and the North of Scotland League competing to see who would join Scotland B. And obviously whoever gets relegated from Scotland B would go into uh, that respective league from who just got promoted. And it would work the same. So keep the same pyramid system now and then just restructure the professional leagues to be two, 16, 18 or 20 team league. Uh, there's 42 professional clubs, so you would need to, I think if you're doing it the way you're doing it, you'd need to have two 21 league teams, which you can't do, because it'd be well, uneven. A lot of the teams are semi-professional. They're still professional though. Yeah, but then... There's a difference between being an amateur team and being... You gotta be at least semi professional to be in the league. There's a difference between amateur and semi professional. But that's not like there. You're not amateur in the East uh, South or North League. You're amateur still if junior. You're in the amateur. Still junior junior leagues technically. They're, they're still uh, they're not even part time. Whereas most most of the teams that are in the forty two team structure are, are part time or, or full time. But I'm not. I'd, I'm going to admit I don't know the most about all that stuff, so I'm not going to sit and argue with you. But I know something work is in a junior team and it gets fifty pound a week for playing. 
Aye, there will be, be teams like that. Um, Apparently there's more money in junior football than what there is in the uh, first and second division combined. Well, might, might be the case, uh, because you'll find that a lot of wealthy local people will put money behind the local junior team. Um, but other local amateur team, whatever. Uh, but it's Scottish football doesn't need a restructuring, and we've covered it, and we don't need go again so um, next season will be interesting speaking of come on if they can get a new training academy or, tra- or train ground or whatever um, more the better uh, even better because come on I've got a fantastic youth set up already they just need that extra wee push um, and they can start producing more players but just need to, you just need to kind of wait and see what, what happens with that one but they've still got a some uh, transfer news to kind of talk about as well. Um, yep, so Kyle, Kyle Lafferty yep. has joined the the biggest club in Edinburgh, is a quote this morning, and Kendi Benue has joined Celtic on a four-year development contract. Um, I'm unfortunately, excited. he's not the Dembele signing I thought he was when I read the headline. No. Uh, and I read more into it, he's going to be a development kind of player for the yeah. future. Um, we'll talk about Kyle Lafferty first um, Kyle, it's, a, it's a good sign for Hearts are Hearts the biggest club in Edinburgh I I, I don't that's the thing with Edinburgh I find the two teams sort of similar um, at the minute I'd say Hibs are the better team but I wouldn't say they're, like, they're bigger than each other do you know what I mean um, it's like Celtic and Rangers was he disrespectful to stand Neil Lennon up with that? I don't know if you've read the reports. I, I read that. Um, listen, would you say that was disrespectful, or it, would you say it was more disrespectful? We don't. I don't think we know the full story. Um, from what I heard it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle Lafferty's uh, sort of representatives were with Neil Lennon when Kyle Lafferty decided he was going to sign for Hearts. Uh, listen, it's up to Kyle Lafferty what he wants to do. If he wants to join Hearts, he's, he'll join Hearts. If he wants to join Hibs, he'll join Hibs. He might have thought that doing that in Ireland was a, a nice thing, or no, a night. Uh, uh, he might have thought doing that in Ireland was was a joke or or something like that. Because I'm going to be honest with you, Kyle Lafferty to me doesn't seem like a very nice person, and he doesn't seem like a very a professional person either. I mean, um, obviously, you just look at what he did to Charlie McGrew. Um, with, with that, carry on with it with the head. But it's a good sign for Hearts because he'll score goals. Is he worth the trouble? I don't know. I don't know what you think about on that. I think he'll probably be a good striker for Hearts, um, just to keep them going. Short term, uh, but long term, I'd like to see someone better coming through. He's, he, Kyle Lafferty isn't really a player that's performed at club level before. He's always been a better international player. Um, I think I think I read it today that he, he scored a goal every two games on Northern Ireland, which is obviously a good record. And like, out with his time in England, he's, he's kind of performed okay at any other club he's been at. I think he scored a goal every three games or something like that for Rangers. Um, I think he scored five goals in fifteen games for 
um, Palermo or something like that. Uh, it's 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 an international player, so it's a good signing. But to come back to the point about Hibs being bigger than Hearts or Hearts being bigger than Hibs, I think they're as big as each other. It's a different story for Celtic and Rangers because they're Celtic and Rangers. One's always going to say they're bigger than they are. Um, the caveat with that is that Celtic fans, Rangers go, we've won 54 titles. Right, you've won 54 titles. Celtic fans will come back and say we've won the, what is effectively the Champions League. Um, and if, Celt if Celtic do win the 10, right, they get a 10, they'll only be two behind that Rangers record. So, it, it's one of these things. To, it's, it's Dundee United bigger than Dundee. To people, it matters to people in Dundee. It doesn't matter to people us. Our Hibs bigger than Hearts. It matters to people in Edinburgh. It doesn't matter to us. Our Celtic bigger than Rangers. It matters to me because I want to be bigger. So, what Kyle Lafferty is doing there is, is he's pandering to the, the Hearts crowd. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and what and a second point about the kind of uh, Hearts and Hibernian Hibs. Uh, Derby, the Edinburgh Derby, is the first two Edinburgh Derbies are midweek fixtures. That's, I don't know about you, but I just don't understand what kind of business logic went behind that. How are we supposed to market effectively the second biggest fixture in Scotland if it's on a Wednesday night? Do you know what I mean? That that should always be the the kind of equivalent to an old firm game where it will be like half twelve on a Saturday. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A peak time for TV. I think the thing with that is it is midweek so the people be looking for an alternative to Coronation Street and EastEnders. Um, it obviously can't be the same nights as Champions League which means there maybe won't be as much midweek football competing with I agree that they should be at the weekend. Um, I've been to derby matches at night it's all well and good the, the thing with derby matches at night is the fact that a lot more people aren't going to drink because they'll have work or they'll have something to do the next day um, whereas if it's the weekend you take away that problem uh, you're right though you can't you can't market two derbies midweek Ideally for me, I would have a Glasgow derby on first, and then I'd have the Edinburgh derby on after it. Um, that's how I'd have it because you, you're going to have that's what six, maybe seven hours of well, no, maybe not six, well, why, but six, five, six hours of Scottish football back to back, and it's that's a, you're right, as are two most marketable games. You've also got Aberdeen Rangers and Aberdeen Celtic, but in terms of sheer passion and stuff, there's no two bigger games in Scotland. Dan, uh, Celtic and Rangers, um, and Hibs and Hearts, but uh, I think Anne Hodge has come out as well and said she's disappointed. I think she's thrown a couple of shots at the SFA for deciding to put these games midweek uh, because people tend not to go midweek like as it's much. It's a derby. People are going to go. That's ridiculous. Well, if... according to Anne Budge, as much. Um, some people won't come in the new stand that she's just lie. invested in isn't going to get filled that's a lie because no matter if they were playing at midnight on Christmas Eve they would still have a sellout for a derby match 
Um, that's, that's a lie. But you can't just play. see the thing with these these games. I know they're all generated by a computer, but they've got to be agreed by the police first as well. Police have obviously said that's fine to have it midweek. They maybe they might have said that they can have it at the weekend. There's all these different factors that have got to be considered when you take into account the way that fixtures are produced and all this sort of thing. Um, it shouldn't be on a midweek. Um, it should be on at the weekend. But there's nothing we can do about it because I'm not going to move it now. Well, let's but, just put this into context. In the first um, Glasgow derby, we played at Ibrox on the 23rd of September. That's yep. a Saturday, and then the following one played at uh, Celtic Park, played on the 30th of December. That's also a Saturday. Surely yep. there there is space to have the Edinburgh Derby on a Saturday as well, regardless of whether it's just after that or at least a different Saturday. It's the biggest game. Put your Wednesday night Can... midweek fixture, Motherwell versus Dundee. But you've got you've got to remember these games are generated pretty much by a computer. And yeah, they've got, there's all these factors about what fans are going to be travelling where, well, they're going to be travelling through where, well, all this sort of stuff's taken into account when they do this. Yeah, listen, I, I'm a, I, I work in the HR industry. I work for a global payroll provider where we provide a cloud HCM package. That there is more advanced. We we've got a, a feature called Advanced Autofill, which will build your entire company's schedule. So imagine a global retailer throughout the world, press a button and it'll go and build that. It works out, should he be working four hours? Um, is he coming from a half day? Should he be doing this? And it, it goes right down to how long does it take you to put a jacket on if you're pushing trolleys back to how long you can get your arse sat back down at the till. It's not... It would just be another rule saying put this derby game on a Saturday or a Sunday peak time TV. It's it's not complex. It's not, but up. again, it's still with via a system probably similar similar to the one you're talking about, and that's what it's thrown up. So there's nothing we can do about it now. There's nothing Ambush can do about it. There's nothing that Leanne Dempster can do about it. Hibs. There's nothing that. Ian Carthrow or Neil Lennon or Kyle Lafferty or Grant Holt or John McGinn. There's nothing that anybody can do about it. It's midweek uh, and it will be sold out whether they disagree or not. It will be. It will be sold out because it's an Edinburgh derby. It's those two clubs' biggest games of the season out with domestic competitions, uh, domestic cup competitions. So I don't agree with the, the idea. You're going to get people in the stadium. But you might not get as many people watching on telly. I understand that argument, but that's. Well, I'm sure it will be fine. I'm sure that they'll still make as much money. Uh, but it's one of these things. Scottish footballers are always arguing. Um, an interesting thing that we didn't have planned for for this, uh, and it's just kind of come up in the last hour or so. Sean Maloney, and uh, we talked about it in the last podcast. Sean Maloney has agreed to sign for Aberdeen. Um, we were talking about obviously Aberdeen having to improve, but that's a fantastic signing. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a good signing for Aberdeen. Um, obviously, I think they need a few more faces in uh, to ho- hold on to that second spot next season. But things are going well. Um, Dent McInnes has come out and says that he's been assured no one else will be leaving Aberdeen, so that's a good sign. 
Um, the question is, so will he get the investment? It has said he's going to bring like-for-like players in, but will he get the money to do that? Um, obviously, Johnny Hayes, £1.3 million to Celtic. Can Aberdeen spend £1.3 million on a Johnny Hayes to come in? Or are they going to need to divide that £1.3 million on three or four players for their quote, um, like-for-like They, they, they need to, they need to, and they need to get better. Um, it's a, it, it's a great signing because the experience that Sean Money brings is a, the experience that they were missing, and attacking, um, I'm attacking, uh, an attack that includes I think it's Hemmings actually is the guy that came through down in England. He was at Dundee, um, an attack of Adam Rooney. And uh, I think it's Hens, I'm sure it is. Um, and Sean Maloney. Sean Maloney was still an international up until a certain stage. So it's, it's definitely a, a big signing for them. And it, it's actually, a, I imagine it's a decent bit of money that they've decided to put into it. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's, they'll just say, no, Sean Maloney. Sean Maloney will, will command a a decent pay packet. He'll he'll be upwards of at least five grand, which might not seem a lot of money, but to the likes of Aberdeen, I imagine five million pounds is a a reasonably big outlay for a, for a team like that. It might even be more than that. I reckon it would be more than that. Um, I'm just I'm just trying to figure out the uh, the bloke that they actually Aberdeen signed the striker. I'm, I'm trying to trying to remember, but. It's it's definitely it's definitely a, a good a good uh, outlook for how Aberdeen are going. Greg Stewart, that was a boy's name. Um, aye, good signing. Thirty two goals or something in, uh, for Dundee. Um, and he scored goals for Cowden Beef. I think it was in the or Rafe Robles in the league below. So, Aberdeen doing well in the transfer market. I, I think that the top three teams are doing so well. I'd like to see a couple more faces coming at Celtic. Obviously, the boys come in tonight um, from Ipswich, who was on loan at uh, all their shot last season. So, it's, it's definitely a, 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 a good outlay. The older shot fans seem to be quite disappointed that um, he's, he's not going back there next season, so that can only be a good sign. Uh, couldn't die venue, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on, but I'd like to see a couple more players come in for Celtic. Especially with a, a long season to go as well. But yep. just need to wait and see what happens. Um, one, of, one of the next points that I kind of want to talk about um, is Mike Ashley has sold his remaining shares in Rangers. Um, one of the rumours that I've seen going around is I don't know if you remember, but Dave King bought the hacked emails. Remember mm-hmm. about that? So the rumour going around is apparently they've found something in the emails and it's kind of, right, Ashley, out now because we've got this or else we'll, we'll kind of force you at least this way you're still going to make money. Um, I, I haven't, to be honest, I don't, I don't particularly pay um, much attention to to the, the dealings because, <laughs> quite frankly, I'm sick of it. We've been listening to it for the last, don't know how long. Um, 
Mike, Mike Ashley, the reason for me selling his shares is because I think he just wants out of football in general. He's trying to sell Newcastle as well. I think he just wants out of football. He's probably not making the money that he wants to make. The whole idea that Mike, the only reason Mike Ashley wanted to even invest in Rangers is because they could have gone to Europe, which means that they could have Rangers could have advertised his brand on a an international stage um, when, whenever they get back to European football. All I'm going to say on the matter is we don't know what's going on with Rangers and their finances. Um, obviously, they've made a big outlay this, this summer. Um, yeah, but apparently they've spent nearly £7 million now. Yeah, there's a lot of money to spend, um, which is obviously most of the season ticket money, If if which means that to actually run the club, um, we don't know how much so money the, they've the, got. The transfers have been done through director's loans. Yeah, so again, loans. We, we talked about it in the last episode. It's just, um, it's a tiring saga already. Um, maybe it's the end. Um, I know the big kind of tax cases there for Nuco for Oco Rangers next week. The um, the the ruling of that is going to be announced next week, which could open a whole can of worms in Scottish football if it goes a certain way. Uh, that'll be very interesting to find out how that goes. But in terms of Mike Ashley selling his shares, maybe there was something there. Maybe they did find something. But there's always something to find. For me, there, there seems to be always something going on at Rangers. Um, not on the pitch. There always seems to be something going on uh, in the, at boardroom level uh, or at commercial level. But if it's all in Rangers' hands now, then they're the only people that can fuck up again. So, yeah, what, what I found interesting them. about it, though, is uh, a few months ago we were talking about Saudi Arabian investors. And I know quite a lot of people were saying that uh, it's not going to happen, it's not the EPL, etc. So apparently, obviously, Club 18, is it 72? Uh, uh, Club 1872, and um, I'm just reading it here, a bloke called Julian Walhart. Yes, from Hong Kong. Is this the, uh, quote, Middle Eastern investment that we're talking about? No one seems to know about this guy. Uh, but apparently he wants to make money and apparently he's ready to bankroll more signings uh, particularly next season uh, when Rangers are pushing for the title so they can get into the Champions League because this guy uh, wants his finger in some of that 30 million you get from the Champions League group stages Yeah uh, it'll definitely be interesting Um, but Charles Green also said he had investors from the Middle East and all sorts and uh, that didn't work out too well. The thing about Dave King, and I've always maintained this, and you can disagree or agree, and we'll get on these comments he made about Celtic in the 10th row. I know we already had a bit of discussion about it, so we'll maybe streamline it for the podcast. But um, the thing with uh, Dave King is he was vilified in a South African court, and he he was found out to be a liar. Um, if I remember correctly, the, the actual court said he was glib, which doesn't make for good reading, but he's, to an extent, put his money where his mouth is. 
again to an extent because there's still stuff he said he was going to do and he's not done it or he didn't do it. Um, I just, if I was a Rangers fan, that's a harrowing thought. But anyway, if I was a Rangers fan, I, I still wouldn't trust the guy. I still wouldn't because they've had three, three people come into what is known as their club. Um, to Ibrooks and and the three owners have fucked them up. Do you know what I mean? Dave Murray, obviously he brought a success for a, a while, but it wasn't sustained and it wasn't it couldn't be sustained. Um obviously Craig White took him for for a ride and Charles Green did what he did. So I'd be quite wary but don't know where it's gonna go. Um but speaking of Dave King, uh, we we also talked about Dave King before we came on, and um, Dave King said he's he's bit to say about Celtic. No, it won't be ten in a row and all this. It'll be they've got two in a row and all this sort of stuff. Um, I think it's ridiculous. Um, ten in a row in any sport and anything is uh, is still a, an achievement. And I, I know your stance on it, and obviously I'll let, I'll let you explain it, but to me, 10 in a row is about winning 10 in a row. It's granted double, double digits or winning league titles, um, one after another. Um, it's a massive achievement. And fair enough, Celtic and Rangers have both done it in the past, um, and they've got nine, but no one's got that 10 yet, and that's the point I want. And that's the point I'm making. So the point I'm making is, yes, you've won. Celtic, as a whole, have won ten in a row, but the the ten in a row kind of competition is between the two Glasgow sides, and that that's that you just said. Like Rangers have won nine in a row. I want to win ten in a row. That's the point. Both sides want to do one over each other. You don't see. Aberdeen fans saying I, like, I want to win 10 in a row but we're going for 10 who do better than Celtic no, if, or doing better than Rangers because it's, it's no, completely I out of contact, contact. I, 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 didn't, I didn't say that I wanted to do it because of Rangers I said I wanted to do it because 9 in a row has been done before but nobody's done 10 that could mean that exactly, you know, that, that's... no but that's not like, again what I'm saying is nobody's done 10 nobody's done 10 so if Celtic do 10 then Celtic will be the first team in Scotland to do it. That doesn't mean with Rangers because Rangers have won nine. Celtic won nine before. Because it's, just because Rangers won nine doesn't mean that oh, Celtic will get one over. Hopefully in the future I want to do ten in a row because Celtic have only ever done nine. I would hope any any professional football club would want to win the league title as many consecutive times as as they can. Yeah, they they do, but the whole idea no, around that context is a self I'm not talking about competition. No, I'm the not talking about Rangers though. The same as the treble. But I'm not talking about Rangers. I'm not I'm talking about the achievement of ten in a row. Nine in a row has been done. Ten in a row hasn't. There's a difference between me saying, Oh, why are you in ten in a row? Because Rangers haven't done it. If I was saying that, then fair enough, you, I'd agree with your point. Yeah, but I don't need what to I'm saying is, sentence with because to no. prove why I'm saying it. So I'm saying I want Celtic to win ten in a row, and you've asked me why, and I've told you because 
I want to be the first one to win 10 in a row. It's not to do with Rangers. If Aberdeen, if Aberdeen were still in, were still were on 6 in a row at the minute, Aberdeen fans were saying they want to win 10. Because Celtic and Rangers have done 9. So I want to do 10. They, yes, want, to be, they but... want to beat the record. It's different for me saying I want Celtic to win 55 titles because Rangers have won 54. Because obviously I want to, win more, I want to have more titles. But what I'm saying to you is I want Celtic to win 10 in a row because it's 10 in a row. Not because any day with Rangers. It's the fact 10, that. 10 then, why not 11 or 12 or 20 or every title? If, I could win, if, if Celtic can win. Obviously, I want Celtic to win a really tight one. But there's this whole. 10 in a row is a decade of winning your league title, being the top team for 10 years in a row. That is incredible. It's an achievement. I don't think there's no many clubs that have done it worldwide. It's quite. It's, when you think about it, it's it's quite the achievement. It's up there. If, if Celtic can do it, it'll be up there with the Invincible season. Um, it's 10. Do you know what I mean? It's doing that. It's actually winning your league title ten years in a row, ten different campaigns, three hundred and eighty games across a league season, across ten league seasons. To to be the top of the pile after those three hundred and eighty games, uh, when you think about it, three hundred and eighty games—that's a lot. To be at the top after all that is uh, is quite a feat, and it. I, just because Rangers weren't there for four of them doesn't take away from the fact that Celtic will win ten in a row. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, I disagree though, but obviously as we said before, we're going to need to agree to disagree here. But I just I, I, a general question, right? So say that we're, we're talking, I'm not talking about Scottish football here, right? And my United were going for ten in a row. In Man City, I already said this Man City out of the league for four years, right? Does that take away from the fact that Man United would go like that with ten league titles in a row? Ah, uh, but no, it was actually only six because Man City won there. No, but Man United would want to win ten league titles in a row. Man United would want to win the league every year. It's just like I want Celtic to win every year. And if they happen to get ten, it's an incredible achievement. Yeah, but that's, that's what different. I'm getting at. No, it's. It... The English Premier League isn't a competition between two teams, which is what, unfortunately, Scottish football is. It's a competition between two teams. No, isn't it? It's a competition. It's not even a competition because Celtic are better than everybody else. Right, it's not a competition so, yeah, at the minute. Here we go then. Go pre-2012. It's a competition between two teams. Mm-hmm. There are four. Yep. The most consecutive league titles, nine, a joint record between Celtic and Rangers, right. means that ten in a row is an inner competition between Celtic and Rangers, mm. who are the only two teams who have a chance of actually doing it, because it's a competition between two teams. No. Because it's ten in a row. Do you think if... So let's say Rangers now won nine in a row at all. Do you not think Celtic would have wanted to beat that nine in a row record? It's a club record. Just remember this. Let's say Rangers never won it at all. Do you think any Celtic team after Elizabeth Lions and Jock Steen's teams would have wanted to win that 10? 
Of course they would. It's significant. Right, so it's a massive achievement. Now then, is next season you're going to call for Celtic to have an unbeaten domestic treble again, but this time they're going to win every game rather than draw. Because that's beating would that, record. Would, would, that, would that want Celtic to do it? Of course but, they do. No, but... It, it's There's a difference between... Different. It's completely it's not different. Though. It's like me comparing apples and oranges. It's not. But it is. Because it's... One of these things... One in ten... Again, I'm explaining it. Celtic won 10 league titles in a row. Again, it's invincible for 10 seasons to an extent. But it's just one of these things. Um, for Celt- if Celtic are to do that, it would be an incredible feat to win 10 league titles in a row. This is my point. I want Celtic to win 10 in a row because it's 10 in a row. It's 10 league titles in a row. And then when we win 10 league titles in a row, I want to win 15. And then after that, I want to win 20. And after that, I want to win 25. I could go on and on and on. But the next yes. milestone for Celtic is 10. And you've got to remember, if if we can get past... If Brian Rodgers can win uh, another... What is it? Three or four league titles. While he's at Celtic. Oh, so that'll take us to the 10. But he'll be up there in a uh, great company we win over four league titles with Celtic it's nothing to do with Rangers it's to beat the Scottish record and nine league titles in a row unfortunately I don't believe you alright well that's your opinion but some people may differ they might say that it's but I, I want me personally I want to win ten in a row because it's ten in a row but we can agree to disagree on that. Uh, but that was quite a a good way to finish the podcast for the week. But it will get like that. We need to talk about these things. These things are definitely interesting. But when we come back next week, uh, hopefully it will be to talk about two Scottish teams being in uh, sort of qualifying from the first round of the Europa League and it's maybe not as disappointing as just one uh, by the looks of it at the minute but I enjoyed that Paul yep yeah it was good thanks for having me and uh, you can listen to us on SoundCloud and hopefully uh, we'll be getting sorted out on a, a, another uh, podcast and website soon enough but you can listen to us on iTunes as well uh, do follow us on Twitter and Facebook, uh, the Twitter is getting constantly updated with news and opinions uh, throughout the week. And you can obviously tweet us uh, at Terrace Talk Weekly. Um, I'm sorry, at Terrace Weekly. Uh, we're uh, gonna we can take it in on board and you want to talk about anything. Uh, it's maybe outside the, the realms of the top four in Scottish football. But obviously they're the most focused on um, in the media and such. But yeah, I've enjoyed it this week. Uh, please do come back next week. Do follow us on all our social media. And thanks for listening. Yep, thanks.